What's so amazing is when you realize that your body is your partner in your spiritual journey. Today's guest, Jessica Schuchart, had severe vocal damage, and she was told that she would not be able to heal that. But yet when she turned to her spiritual journey and the energy alchemy that she brought to this trauma, she discovered so much about herself that is now part of her work in helping women on their path to healing and wholeness. Join us for a powerful discussion about working with your body. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar Tribe. Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll, we'll see you at, at our, our next, next tribe gathering. gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire, we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us to a deeper understanding of ourselves and the world around us and all that is and help us to become vibrant, fully alive human beings on this planet at this time. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love these conversations. I love to have them week after week. and. I love meeting people who are using their voices and spreading messages of love and compassion and healing. And I love to bring these conversations to you, to my dear listeners every single week. And we can share this journey together and the awakenings that happen on these conversations are so beautiful to receive. And I'm always glad that you're here with us. And I I'm really thinking lately, contemplating about this idea of using our voices to speak our truth and especially coming from a woman's body. And I know I've talked about this before, but it's just, it's such a journey at this time to really embrace the feminine within and to trust it, you know, to trust the voice that's coming through you, to trust the knowing that's coming through you, to trust your heart, to trust your womb, to trust your body. And to trust that you're being guided, you know, you're being guided towards something more beautiful, more sacred, more holy even. And in order to really embrace that journey, we've got to step through a whole lot of programming and conditioning in the world around us and some very big institutions that have promoted tons of fear about the women's body and the women's heart and mind and womb and how somehow we're evil or something. It's like, this idea that anything that you are could be other than beautiful is, you know, something I know many of us are stepping through on our way to awakening and to really question those things that bring us into fear and embrace the things that bring us into love. And can we simplify the conversation? 
so that, you know, we're not wrapped up in all these details and all this ancestral, you know, I like to call hucha, negative energy, heavy energy. Totally love my ancestors. I'm so grateful for the journey that they walked. And some of this stuff that was created for centuries is not helpful now to the modern woman who wants to live a life aligned with the divine and be loving to herself and to her container and to all that is. And so just as much as there's a capital him, H, capital H him, there's a capital H her too. And, you know, we're in that discovery of what that looks like and what is in right relationship. And how do we balance this equation that's been so heavily in the masculine and in the patriarchy up until now for thousands of years? How do we now balance that with some some woman wisdom, some matriarchal wisdom, some, some girl power? And how do we bring that all together in a way that honors each and every one of us alive on the planet today? And that's the conversation that's kind of in my heart and my mind. And, you know, certainly getting my tests of patience as people email me their ideas. And, you know, I always welcome people that email me ideas. And sometimes the ideas people email me is like, oh, Carrie Hummingbird, you're, you know, you're like leading people on the wrong path because you're not following capital H him. And I'm kind of like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm in a capital H her body. So I'm kind of into that conversation. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate you with whatever journey you're on that leads you to surrender yourself in this way. And I'm in a different conversation. So I would like to hear your thoughts on it after you get done with this interview today. And I'd just love to get feedback. And even if you're kind of like in the capital H him conversation and you want to challenge some things that were said in this broadcast, I welcome it. Go ahead, bring it on, you know, come on and email me back and give me some thoughts. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you going through? So let's get with it. I've got a great guest today, Jessica Schuchart. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited that you're here. So Jessica is an energetic alchemist and spiritual mentor, and she helps women to heal energetically through their emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual bodies so they can live a life full of vitality, wholeness, and wellness and helping women to come home to their authentic truth, self, and sovereignty so they can show up as a leader and the visionary they are called to be. And she's been on this awakening journey since 2015. And I think we're going to hear some of the profound moments of that journey and some of the things that Jessica had to go through. So Jessica, I'm so excited to have you with us. You know, I really felt like you'd be aligned with this conversation. And I was just kind of channeling uh, some insights from my own journey. But Tell us more about yours. Like, how did you start to wake up to become an energetic alchemist and spiritual mentor? What was your journey? What did your journey look like? What's a, what's a key moment you want to bring us into in your life? Mm, I love this. So my journey definitely has not been linear. And I'm sure that there's a lot of women that can relate to this. My process and my journey has always been this knowing that I was really called to kind of make an impact to really lead and to figure out what that looked like for me. And in this journey, it was really this whole unbecoming of who my authentic self was. And, you know, I was brought up in a very religious home. So my, my upbringing was very much putting God first, putting your faith first. And that really was like the brim of my evolution of me kind of 
wanting to like discover who I was and my place in this world. You know, we all want this like long, we have this longing to create purpose and to live purposely. And I know for me, that was just something that was so true in my heart for so long. And I wanted to know what that was. And as I kind of went down my journey, you know, things shifted so much for me. You know, I didn't really align with the Christianity uh, views. I knew like, I had faith in God. I had faith in this higher being, but just a lot of the belief systems that were really taught in my upbringing were not aligning with how I felt in my body and in my spirit. And it was just hard. You know, there was a lot of times where I questioned myself and doubted myself and didn't understand like what my role was and how to show up as this leader, this feminine leader. And because of like what you said, the patriarchy and all these different stories have been really placed within generational lineages. I carried a lot of that with me and I had to break free from that. And it was really hard for me because of that trauma, because of that upbringing that I was brought up in. I felt shame. I felt that I wasn't doing the right thing, that people were looking at me and judging me. And it took a toll on my body physically. Like I ended up having these blockages in my throat chakra. I was stressed, trying to please people, trying to like fit into this box that just wasn't me. And I got to this breaking point where I was like, you know what? This is it. I'm done. Like I'm tired of living for other people. I'm tired of saying yes to everything. I'm tired of not really allowing myself to deal with the things I need to deal with. And I knew that I was already on this journey of professional development, but it became something more. It became an awakening of coming into my truth, coming into my power, um, really loving myself for all the parts of who I am, my heart, my vision, even though you know my family didn't agree with me and my belief system. Um, and as I started taking these steps, I started to heal my throat chakra to understand that I could be quiet and still be powerful. I could still use my voice to make an impact. And I started getting you know into energy work and started to really get to the space. So this is kind of where I am today in the space where I really did the unlayering and allow myself to be myself. And it's been an amazing space um, that I'm actually in right now. And I just feel really grateful to this for trusting myself. Yeah. For trusting yourself. Gosh, that is such a, a gift, right? It's like through a lot of the conditioning that my mother was raised in a, in a Southern Baptist church. And so she was raised with the conditioning, like, don't trust yourself only trust in God, this absent father that's like somewhere out there presiding. And through this time of like the teaching, she she just had many encounters. Of course, this was during the 60s and the civil rights and all of that. And so she had these many encounters where she was seeing like dichotomies in what people were saying. Like they were saying, oh, all the little children are loved. But then like the colored kids had to go in one bathroom and, and the white kids had to go in another. So she she was finding these discrepancies and questioning that and calling it out. And she became, you know, the black sheep of the family, right? She became the one that questions everything. And it's like, no, I'm not going to go along. No, I don't believe that. No, I'm doing this. No, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to go along with that idea. And I'm not just going to blindly follow what you're saying. And, you know, it caused, of course, caused to stir. And I would say she raised me to be the same way. So 
it's hard to be a black sheep. I'm assuming that you're kind of in the black sheep category, right? Because you went your own way. Tell us about that experience. Oh my gosh, 100%. That was like my life story. (laughs) I'm always like going against the grain. It's, yeah, and it's hard sometimes because, well, actually, you know, I've changed that narrative. It used to be hard. Now it's come to a place of acceptance of who I am. And the narrative before was that I always felt bad or I felt like I was taking away from something or that I was letting them down, my parents, letting down my husband or, you know, just different everyone, you know, and it came to a point where I was like, just, you're not living for these people. You are living for you. You are not here to make other people happy. You're here to make an impact. You're here to live life in a way that feels authentic to you versus like always trying to fit in this mold. Right. So like you said, I was the one coloring outside of the lines. I was the one that was like, you're telling me that I can't dance because it's sexual. And this is like not a a holy thing to do. And the opposite is so true. My body is holy. My dance is sensual. Yes. And that connects me to the divine. So I had this like narrative that so many things that were told to me and I was like, you know what? I, and in this process, there were times where, yes, I felt shame and I felt like very much alone and very much misunderstood. And there's still times when this comes up, you know, and it's just a deeper layer of healing, a deeper layer layer of loving myself and holding myself and my power and in fear of like that judgment. So yeah, so it's been a constant space of just loving myself, being kind to myself, understanding myself, and then just being my authentic self. So every day I'm tested in this space to call back my energy, my power, even when other people don't understand. And when I feel like I'm misunderstood, but it's really just another layer, like I said, of me coming back to my sovereignty. It's so interesting trying to decondition something that's programmed into your body because we inherit our our ancestors' belief systems in our DNA. And so that's in our bodies. And we're simultaneously have our spirits, which know something truer about ourselves. And the spirit's always calling us forth to lean in and to do the thing that's more true. And the body is like, oh no, you can't do that. So it kicks up fear and all of this because you're going to be like abandoned, rejected, ostracized, you know, black sheep and cast out. And so you can't because it's your survival. And so the body is always calling us back to like, oh no, don't, you know, don't follow your spirit. But then as you lean into that, you get more freedom because it's like the upside down world turns right side up. And once it turns right side up, you never go back to upside down. It's like, why would you subject yourself to torture? It's like, no, that's just not true. I see that other people are still under that illusion. That's their choice to be in that illusion. It's really not my journey anymore, right? So during that process, you know, because I've gone through some of this, during that process of following your own drummer, so to speak, definitely people in your family get confused, right? Or close friends or people like that that want you to fit into a certain mold. How did you get comfortable with just letting the chips fall where they may? If people decided, oh, I can't accept you anymore. Because in some religions, they'll like flat out disown you if you don't toe the party line. So how did you come through that phase? Yeah, so boundaries was a big thing for me. 
I spent too much time and energy trying to explain myself and tell people why I feel or what I believe. And in turn, them not even being receptive to having the conversation with me. I am all for having a conversation. Like if you want to chat with me about my views and my perspectives in a open and grounded way, I'm all for it. But when it comes to it's only one way, one side, I can't be in that space. So for me, it's just really about being in my energy, grounding myself, um, creating those boundaries when I need to, knowing when it's like, okay, we're crossing the line. Like you're now you're just disrespecting me. So just really allow myself to create those boundaries is really important. And it's not in a mean way. I, I And I always come with love. My, my intention is always to hear other people and respect other people. And just as I respect you, you know, I want you to respect me. So I feel there should be that reciprocal relationship, especially when it comes to family. You know, it's like hard with family. You don't want to be separate from them. And I do believe that they will respect you more when they start to see that you are not going to cross that line anymore. You're not going to let them run over you. And and I'm just saying it from a real, this is like, this is my experience. And I know that everyone's is different, but also just sending love for them and holding space for them. Because I think that when we are ignorant towards a lot of things, we don't understand different perspectives. You know, when we're not open to that, how can we have these conversations? So it's about educating yourself. It's about knowing like these different points of views and then being able to say, okay, I get it. I get where you're coming from, right? I see you, but I don't respect, like, I don't, that's not my belief system, right? So it's really having that grounded conversation, I think is really important. And that's kind of really helped me in that transition. Yeah. I would say that's probably one of the most things that's really sticks out with that question. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I think that takes a lot of self-confidence, right? Which is built over time, but it's like the self-confidence to trust that whatever's guiding you is beneficial. Is this like, if your heart is calling for truth and you're calling for truth from your source, then whatever truth that comes to you from your source and your request for truth from your source is showing up as true for you from your source. And that is like, that's something that you have to learn to trust. And, you know, I think that, you know, we're kind of like, we're in this really interesting phase of shifting out of external validation or external systems or external authorities telling you how to do things and punishing you if you don't into like a self-responsibility model, which is you're tuning into your own, you're learning to navigate your inner space, you're understanding your ancestral belief system that's running through your body. You're working with that healing those aspects that are just false and not true, and then bringing yourself forward step-by-step onto the journey that your soul wants to take you on and trusting that journey in that understanding. To me, it's like, everybody's right. Like everybody's right. You can't do life wrong. You're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. You maybe not learn from those mistakes for a while, but then you'll get more chances and more and more painful chances to learn, you know, until you finally learn. But it's like that path honors the individual and honors the diversity of expression of the divine, which I feel is the feminine principle because the feminine is all about that diversity and uniqueness and how it wants to like flow and express and be creative and inspired. And that's like all feminine principles. So we're welcoming the feminine. 
And we're kind of like, you know, we're moving away from like step one, open this particular book. That's the only book that's correct. Whatever, you know, book you're reading. (laughs) Because there's several that have like the book that's the only book. Step two, only listen to this one masculine patriarchal figure. Step three. So it's like that masculine pathway of like, you're going to be punished if you don't do it right. That's the old model, you know, and you can see that fading in like almost every area. Of course, we're having the last grasp for power right now. Mm, I agree 100%. I think the, what you said about the truth is who's to say whose truth is right. So your story and your experience might be different than mine, but I'm not really to judge you, right? And say that you're right or wrong. And who's to say that my relationship with God is better than yours, right? So we have our own union with God, right? So if that's you know what you believe, I know my parents were very like, you know, Jess, you are not connected to God unless you have this, 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 this and this. And it's like, well, no, I, for me, I believe that God lives within me and I'm one with the divine. There's, it's not an external thing. I get to connect within. So it's this different relationship, right? This different embodiment of connection with source. And I think there's just so much, like you said, traditional, the conditioning, you know, the upbringings, there's the patriarchy and there's just like so many things that kind of shifted the way that perspective of what the woman felt their connection was with the divine. You know, I really started stepping into that priestess role because this is when I realized that I wasn't separate from God, that I was, my union with God was within me. And I healed a lot of that so that I could be able to really embody this work in a different way that felt more aligned for me. So um, I love what you said that, you know, how you shared that. It was really powerful. Yeah. And I, I like that you said embody. And I like that you said, you know, it's like everybody's own journey. And who's to say someone's right and someone's wrong? It's like, I always tell people that work with me that come and study with me. It's like, I'm not in charge of your journey. I'll give you some insights or maybe I get some clairvoyant guidance I want to share with you, but that's really yours to, to process, you know? So I like the mirroring. I like mirroring with other people. I like learning from other people. And then always you got to take it back inside and check it out, at least on this path. That's how this path works. This is like this sort of, I see it as like the earth mother, divine mother connection pathway into the divine, into God's source creator, which is all that is. And when I say all that is, I mean, all that is. Like, I don't see how that can be questioned. All that is, is all that is. Like, that means all. That's everything, right? I mean, is there any other way to look at that? It's all that is. So whatever you see out there that you don't like, that's just shadow you projected out of yourself, right? Onto something else. It's like a projected shadow. Like, and you get to personify it and say like, it's evil. Like put a name on it and like be afraid of it. But it's essentially your shadow. Like you're just afraid. It's like a cultural shadow and a personal shadow. And you're just like afraid of it. So I don't know. I feel like all that is means all that is. It means all of it's part of it. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And I was just teaching a class yesterday. We're talking about the priestess role and it's, this modern day society and the connection with mother earth and how we're all one. Like it's just, it's all connected. Like everything is connected. And I love that you, you shared that because we think we're separate, but we're not, you know, just how we have our feminine cycles. We have 
the changes in the seasons and, and all that, it's all tied together, you know? And I think for so long, women carried that shame that, or that belief that they were not powerful like that, or just able to tap into that, that life force energy, which is all around us, which is everywhere. And the more that we can connect with that and that belief system and understand, have that greater capacity to tap into it, it just really creates an unlimited amount of ability to just call in like our desires to call in and manifest and heal and just so many amazing things. I feel that if we really tap into that, just it's just so cool. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I like to visit the indigenous people because the indigenous people that live close to nature, they know that nature is, that they're part of all that is. They know they're not like superior to it or above it or ex- external from it or somehow nature's master, which is kind of how a lot of Western ideology goes, you know, like, oh, well, we're better than nature. We manage nature. We like kill bugs or we, we do this, that, and the other, we control it. And that's not how the indigenous people live. They live with nature. They live integrated with nature. I remember and one journey I took, the main medicine person told me, oh, the spider is my friend because there was this poisonous spider that kept following me around the whole Maloka all the time. And I was really kind of scared of it. And he's like, oh, the spider is my friend. You know, I was like, uh, <laughs> that's nice. It's trying to get in my suitcase to go home with me. And I don't want it in my suitcase. I was like, make it go away. So he made it go up the wall. And then as soon as the guy left, he came back at me and I was terrified. But I had to, I had to clear that repulsion, like that fear. And this trip I just came back from, I was in the jungle again. And I, well, I went outside during the ceremony. We had a nighttime evening plant medicine ceremony. And I went outside during it because I had to go to urinate. And as I went out there, I was going towards what I thought was a safe spot. And I froze because in the shadows, I swear I saw a jaguar. Oh. And then this man, one of the ceremonialists, he came, he came walking towards me and he said, Jaguar, go inside. And I was like, so I had this total fright, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's Jaguar. And I went inside and I was so scared and, and I had this fear running through my body. And luckily the medicine was working on me. So it was clearing all that susto, they call susto trauma, you know, trauma in motion. And as I was, and then I was curious. And so I was looking at the screen, trying to see if I could see it. And the guy came and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I scared you. There's a misunderstanding of something. I think the guy might have shapeshifted. You know, the veil is very thin. But there actually was a Jaguar on the property. And so I asked the man to wait while I went to the bathroom and I came back and I heard the Jaguar by the Maloka. I heard it make its call. And I was like, oh, it really is what? Oh, my God. I was like, (laughs) and I went inside and I realized I've been calling on Jaguar, you know, for years ever since I started this shamanic path. And I was like, Falling on the Jaguar, like come and support me, protect me, help me, help me see in the dark, help me understand, help me like process this trauma, whatever's going on. And, and I said to the Jaguar in my mind, I said, I'm so sorry. I was afraid of you. And the Jaguar answered psychically to me, says, you don't have to be afraid of me. I'm here to protect you. I was called in to protect you. And when God calls, I answer. And all of a sudden I saw how, what a warrior spirit he was. Like he's there to protect all of us who are connecting with the divine, who are connecting with God's source creator, who are connecting with mother earth, who are trying to heal and ascend our vibrations and understand things at a more beautiful level. And here's this beautiful servant animal Jaguar come called by the medicine people 
there to protect us from things that might, you know, scare us or cause harm. And then here I was being afraid of them. And it was kind of silly, you know, because if he wanted to take us out, he he would have done it with no sound. Like he wouldn't even know he was there. I love that. And it's we always have these beautiful connections that we can kind of remember, like our power with too. You know, I feel yesterday I was doing a reading with a client and the cheetah come through and the lion come through. And she was really moving through this the space of being moving with courage. And I said, just as this cheetah moves, take action, go after your desires. Don't hesitate, you know, and it's just a beautiful remembrance of how we're connected with the priestesses as well, or the goddesses. Their stories are our stories and we have that union with them. We were talking about how we can connect with these goddesses and then learn from their experiences. And just, it's just a mirror. Like you said, it's a mirror of who we are, our ability to channel, our ability to create, our ability to heal. You know, again, it's, it's that oneness. It's, it's that beautiful connection that we have. Yeah. And when we embrace the oneness is actually the inner power. So that's so funny because when you said that about your client and embracing the cheetah and embracing That's kind of like the second part of the story, because I said to the Jaguar, I said, well, it's just that you're, you've got so much power. It's kind of intimidating. And he said to me, so do you. And all of a sudden they realized that that initial shadow I saw was actually my power. It was my Jaguar. It was my inner Puma. It was my shadow. It was there saying, hi, you're not owning me. You've got to own me. You want to teach this path. You've got to own your shadow. You've got to own me fully as like your raw power because raw power is what is the shadow. It's the void. It's the connection to all that is. It's the thing that binds us together. You know, it's the thing that, that ephemeral space, that, that psychic energy that, that connects everything in all of life. And it's in me too. And so if I try to deny that that power is in me, well, then I'm kind of denying God. Right. So it's like, powerful the realization and you know it's not about becoming gods ourselves at least for me i don't know your your understanding of it it's more like just melding into the force of god source creator that we are all part of it's the blending it's like the melding into that force and then allowing it to flow through unrestricted that is like my personal goal because then i can be one with the with the jaguar and i'm not afraid of it yeah, I love that. I, I think it's really, it depends on like your perspective. I think everyone's perspective is different for sure, but it gives you that permission to really play with these different energies. You know, it gives you that permission to kind of just say, I can be wild and playful and, and I can also be very meek and shy and quiet, but still powerful, right? So it's like we get that permission to kind of play with both it's funny how the universe works because I feel like it's what we need during that time and that season and in that moment, right? So it's like that message that my client got yesterday wouldn't have probably been something she would have needed the other day, like a week ago. But because of where she's in this season, you know, she's getting these signs and these synchronicities that are kind of reminding her, hey, it's safe for you to do this. It's safe for you to go after your, take up space, you know, it's safe for you to do this. And I just love how the universe is just always guiding us and just showing us, you know, these little steps that we need to take. Yeah. I love also that you mentioned the range. You can be gentle and you can be powerful and you can be happy and you can be sad. 
And that also is like a divine feminine principle, you know, the spectrum of things versus like, you're, you know, in the patriarchal way, you're supposed to kind of be monotone, like just keep it like this and predictable and the same. And every day is all the same. And it's like, where's the joie de vivre of that? I mean, life is fluid. It has pulse and it has movement and it has expression and and the divine feminine is really about like allowing that expression through your life and letting it move through you to create beauty. Yes. And then there's all that deconditioning that comes with it in the midst of it. Cause we always feel like, is it safe for me to do that? Is it safe for me to be loud and, and be, you know, express my emotions and all that. So it's like, yes, we get to do this. We get to have that feminine storm. We get to have the those moments where we are angry and filled with rage and all those things, like it's so okay. Like we get to have those ups and downs, right? Of all of it. Yeah, that's a huge deconditioning to allow yourself to feel anger. I actually, I put out a survey recently for an event coming up and somebody actually put, I don't feel anger or I don't get angry. I was like, oh, that's not true. The anger is there. It's just repressed, right? So for many of us, we got the message. It wasn't okay to be angry. It may be okay to cry as a woman, but it wasn't okay to be angry. And so allowing yourself to be angry, talk about that. Like, what does that unlock for a person or especially a woman as you allow yourself to feel anger? Mm, I love to use a lot of embodiment movement for that. Um, I'm huge. I'm I'm always dancing. So, you, you know, doing like the stomping and just like in the shower some days where I'm like, I just need to go, ah! just like let it out that frustration because you feel it in your body you feel like this tension that's built up and we just suppress it we put it down and we just don't let it flow and it's like after you do that you take that pillow and you just scream in the pillow you just feel like oh you know and it's like just a release of I get to be angry it's okay like I get to be angry right now I have every right and my feelings are valid I, my feelings are valid. So I get to be angry and then I get to move through it and I'll be fine. You know? So it's just that emotional alchemy of the emotions. Like, let me just tell you, this is not something I learned overnight. This is a process. (laughs) So there's a process of like allowing myself to express my emotions and feel what comes up for me. And there's some days where I hold it back still, you know, and there's no judgment in that. Like I just forgive myself and I come back and it's like, all right, Jess, like what's really going on here? Like, why are you holding back? Like what's, this just gives me permission to kind of look within a little bit more, but yeah. So I think movement is just so powerful, you know, way to express that emotion, somatically moving your body, you know, slowly. If it's, you know, you're wanting to kind of let that energy out. That's one way that it's really helped me a lot to kind of transmute that energy and uh, clear it. Yeah. And I found that as I let myself clear that energy, I had more space for love. And then the more that stuff clears out, because some of it's really ancient stuff, you know, it's like really ancient anger suppressed in the feminine, right? Inside my body or in my throat or somewhere, my stomach, you know, this places that anger likes to collect. And when you release it from this lifetime, from your ancestry, from wherever it's coming up, it creates more space. And there's not usually like, I don't know. I just notice I get less and less triggered by things. Stuff happens. And I'm like, oh, there's that, you know, but because I've released all this stagnant ancient stuff from my body, 
by being willing to express it, like the movements, like I love, like I like to roar like a lion. So I have to be someplace I can do that. <laughs> I love it. Yes. No. <laughs> My neighbors start to get concerned. That's a, it's a total yoga thing. <laughs> yeah. Like the full tongue out and like roaring like a lion. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I like lions for that. You know, they make big noise, but, but it actually is just like, like you said, it's an energy purge. It actually is a release. It's just like amazing how that works. And you feel so much emptier and lighter after releasing that. Not on somebody, of course. I don't release it on anybody or towards anybody. I don't psychic project it anywhere. I just kind of release the energy to the to earth to process. Well, that's important. That's a really good point that you said. It's doing it in a safe and grounded space. Always wanting to feel safety first, I think is really important to be able to have that container uh, where you feel you're able to express that because this is something that I work with my clients with because you know we have all the, the trauma, we have all these experiences and we think, is it safe for me and my body to feel this? You know, Doing that inner child work and allowing yourself to feel the emotions like that little child is scary sometimes. And you just feel like, is it safe for me to do that? So really grounding that energy and healing that root chakra is really important as far as being able to express it and to let go and know that it's safe for me to feel this way. And I'm okay. Like I got me right. Or connecting in the divine or creating whatever kind of safety that you need to be able to connect and express yourself. Yeah, I think the expression is the major thing coming up for me lately. And when I think about women and unblocking that throat chakra, being brave and courageous enough to speak the things that are on your heart and being willing to make mistakes and be messy and be willing to, you know, trample a few boundaries on the way of expressing yourself. It's like, whoops, sorry. You know, I mean, we only learn by doing. And so we we have to start somewhere and right where you're at right now is the perfect place <laughs> and just expressing, right? And then you can always clean it up later and go, well, okay, I said that thing. I'm learning from that now. And I could have said that in a different way. Now that I know better, or now that the pent up energy is released, I, I can think more clearly. I can, I can feel more open about this and more embracing. It's a journey, isn't it, Jessica? Yes, 100%. One thing I always like to say is like, there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. It's just feedback that we can kind of learn from in this journey and not be hard on ourselves. You know, it's, it's a journey. It's a process. You know, we're always learning, always growing and coming back to love is the most important thing, you know, through all this. Yeah. Coming back to love, even if, you know, others can't join you there, you can at least be there sort of holding space and setting good intentions, right? So whatever the situation is that needs cleaning up, that's beautiful. So I'm curious um, to know a little bit about, um, I'm going to point people towards your podcast. How do people get started with you? Like what kind of work do you do with people and how do people get started? So I am a energy alchemist, um, Reiki master and NLP practitioner. So I love to infuse the energetics, but also the mindset together. Um, doing a lot of embodiment work, uh, feminine embodiment work, tapping, tapping into your feminine, uh, more pleasure, more play. My clients, basically, we, we do a lot of work around energy, around clearing your chakras, working on clearing the energetic body first, and then also starting to open up our heart space so that we can start tapping into that role of a feminine leader, getting clear on our desires, getting, you know, knowing the steps to take. Because I found that a lot of my clients, 
they have ambitions and desires, but just don't know what to do, like the steps to get there. So I like to combine like the practical with the spiritual. So it kind of gives them that guidance there. My podcast is really for feminine leaders or women that are wanting to lead with purpose, impact, and you don't have to have this crazy business or anything, but just wanting to make an impact in your life. And that's pretty much what I do with my clients. That's beautiful. Well, it's uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Is there any last thing you want to just impart to people before we, we wrap up? Um, I just want to say, be kind to yourself in this process. Like if you're on this healing journey, every day, it's just tapping into gratitude, appreciating the little moments that you're experiencing and really honoring yourself, celebrating yourself every day. You know, today I did this and it could be so small. You know, I stepped out of my comfort zone and I met a new friend or, you know, something like that. I think it's really important to celebrate your process, celebrate yourself. And I always find that to be really healing. So honor yourself. That's what I wanted to share. Oh, honor yourself. I love that message. Yes. Honor yourself, buy yourself roses, take a nap if you need to take a nap, spend time in nature, float in a float spa, my latest one I love. Um, Yeah, get a massage. Take a bath. (laughs) Take a bath. Eat some nourishing food. Yeah, and then you can put blessings in your water too and drink it, which is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Yeah, it's been a good conversation and good ground covered for anyone listening in. So for those of you listening in, uh, of course, just reiterating, we'd love to hear from you. Definitely, what did you? What did this stir up in you? Did it trigger you in any way? Is it... Did it open you? Did you have a realization? Did something really provoke your your perception and go, oh, I can look at this a whole nother way? I always love to hear about those things. So please reach out, please reply. If you got the email, uh, if you're on my email list or you know, send us a little comment on, on YouTube or wherever you heard the interview. In the meantime, we're gonna ask you to share it out. Please share it out to anyone that you think might be interested in this conversation. Please like, subscribe, all those good things. That helps the... YouTube and all those other iTunes engines and all that know that you care about this content and you want to see some more of it. And it helps other people find it too. We appreciate your help with that. And in the meantime, we're going to give you kisses. You ready to give kisses? Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I always end the show with kisses for everybody. <laughs> so here come the kisses, everybody. We love you. We'll see you next time on Soul Nature Show. Many blessings to you for your week. We'll see you next time. Have a great week. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Yeah.